Your views, your news, your Limerick Today with Joe Nutch on Now, there's new research by DrinkAware, which says 44% of 18 to 24-year-olds agreed that Irish drinking culture has changed for the better over the last three years. Interestingly, too, one in two Irish adults disagree that drinking to excess is just part of Irish culture. So is the stereotypical drunk Irish on St. Patrick's Day, for example, now a thing of the past? Well, Podrick Walsh is a psychologist, expert in your behaviour from changeable.ie and is on the line. Good morning to you. How are you doing? Good morning, Jill. How are you doing? Not too bad. So, Podrick, are we at a stage where excessive drinking is considered socially unacceptable in this country? Well, the data seems to suggest that we're, we're, we're getting close to that. When you have 50% of people disagreeing that drinking to excess is just part of Irish culture, and that's double the number that disagreed with the statement just four years ago. That's a very significant trend that you're seeing. The other really important thing is that 63% of Irish adults disagree that we all drink to excess at some stage and it's no big deal. That's compared with 38% in 2019. So look, we are social beings, Joe. We all are, are influenced by people around us, by what we see others doing, by what our peer group are doing. That's one of the things that's really unique unique to, to, to us humans is we, we, we are part of a group, we're, we're, we're tribal we're beings, and what we find is that we're influenced by those social expectations, and what we're seeing from this data is the social expectation is not towards excessive drinking, but is towards something else. Right. Well, here's Lauren, for example, talking about how young people around her feel about alcohol. Personally, I'm kind of sick of drinking because it was basically the only thing I could really do when COVID was on uh, with my friends. We couldn't really go anywhere else. We couldn't, you know, there was no places open. So that was kind of the last resort. And now I'm I'm ready to do other things, really. I'm ready to go places and meet people and experience more things than just alcohol. And I also think that in Irish drinking culture, a lot of people do drink underage. Um, So I suppose by the time you hit that age, 18, you know, in your 20s, it's not as interesting anymore. Um, So I'd say that's probably why the statistics are saying that it's, you know, a lot of 18 to 25 year olds aren't as interested as drinking because we probably, a lot of people have started drinking below that age. You know, we've kind of grew up on social media and a lot of that is presenting yourself in the best way possible. So I'd say people don't want really want to be seen, you know, blackout, you know, drunk on social media. They want to push the best of themselves out there. So I'd say it's a lot of like uh, screening, a lot of showing the best part of your life. And then that also leads to probably not drinking as much alcohol. Lauren chatting to us there and psychologist Podrick Walsh is with us. Now, I'm not sure that Drink Aware would like all of the answers she gave there, but it sounds like it's more complicated than what we might hope it to be, which is, oh, people have just decided from a very young age that uh, drinking to excess is not something that they wish to do. Lauren reckons they've been doing a lot of it underage. 
Yeah, and we know that the younger somebody takes their first drink, the more likely it is that they would uh, develop problems with alcohol as they go older. So the longer you can delay that, the, more, the better outcomes you have going into adulthood. But one of the things about the data that was interesting, Joe, is that the trend is towards younger people seeing a positive change in Irish drinking color, uh, drinking culture. And that points towards, uh, like, I'm thinking of a potential cultural tipping point where younger people are just saying no to, to binge drinking. Some of the, the points that Lauren brought in there were really interesting. This idea that self-preservation is really important, that now we live in a, an era of social media where somebody who has lost control or is in that point of, of blackout drunk or binge drinking, they they don't want people seeing them like that. And they're very conscious of that because they know that there's the potential for it to be shared around. And it's something that I had never considered because I hadn't grown up in that phase. But it seems that that's one of the things that, that younger mm. people are very conscious of. Yeah, Jared Callanan represents the Vintners here in Limerick and he's been listening in and joined us on the line. Good morning to you, Ger. How are you doing? Um, so, I mean, what do you make of this research by DrinkAware? Is it a cultural shift? Is it really socially unacceptable now to be drunk? I think it is, and it has been for quite a long time, coming that way by, by uh, gradually. I remember a long, long number of years ago when you'd have, we say, the Christmas clo- uh, lockdown, and you'd have like, what's called the Builders Breakup Day, and that would be, that wasn't a pleasant day. It was very rough. I mean, things like that were were kind of led to, you know, this 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 uh, view that that's only people who went to pubs or went out like that were were out for one thing, which was to get absolutely battered and stuff, and that didn't do anybody any good. It was, I always considered not a, you know a bit of a disaster. Somebody walks out your door, uh, drunk, you know what I mean, and not just that they got out, but the people looking at you taking their money going out and letting them out in that that, that condition, it's morally wrong. It's, you, you can't stand over. You, you should be taking care of your customers. You have. Uh, you're in a position of trust, you know, when you open your door in the morning that you're going to look after your public, whether come in for a cup of coffee or come in for a pint of whatever it is, you know? Yeah. Uh, I think we've seen in the last 15 years, I, I think during the recession, and a lot of people got into home drinking, and that was absolutely fine. We have no monopoly on, that, on the alcohol system. But a lot of younger people got into what they call pre-drinking, and I always hated that term because I think it gave a false sense of what they were doing. When you know when young people are sitting at home before they go to a nightclub or a disco, and they're having a nag and a vodka or, or more or whatever it is, that's not pre-drinking. That's actually drinking. That's drinking alcohol, and and at that age they're, they weren't, they're probably not fully aware of how much alcohol that is and how, what impact that would have on them in the, the immediate future. You know, the next hour or two. So, but moving on quickly, I, I think COVID uh, uh, that gradually changed, but COVID definitely changed really quickly in terms of. When people, the young people particularly, start coming back out <clears throat> and socially mixing and going to pubs or restaurants or the nightclubs or whatever, they were totally blown away by how good it was just to go out and meet people. And I've always said, there's always been a, a, a thing I, I, I said that it, going to the pub is not necessarily about who you go with, which is great, but it's who you might meet when you're out. That's the added bonus of going out and socialising. Yeah, but Lauren's point was that what has effectively happened is that people were drinking too much because they didn't feel they had much else to do during the pandemic and maybe that's why it appears that they're not drinking to excess now well i think as you said it's a complex situation and there was definitely some people who got into habits and i think uh, most of life is about habits about forming good habits and bad habits and sometimes we can quickly slip into them especially in that environment i mean we forget quickly how how claustrophobic covid was and if you can get into whether it was making bread or making whatever, you know, knitting or something or, or cutting the grass or whatever your, your hobby became or your thing became, if you slipped into the whole, 
it's one o'clock scenario and that that could be quite dangerous. You know what I mean? In terms of, you, you know, if you're starting too early in the day or, or too many days in the week, you know, you need to have many and broad uh, things to occupy yourself because it was, it was a very, very tough place to be, if we all remember. You know, looking back, it was a very strange time. So, and then one of the few places that were open were, were supermarkets and, and, and off licenses at the time. So, you're, yeah, she was right. You're, you're, if you didn't have a broad and you didn't make a deliberate attempt quickly to, to develop good habits, you could lapse into yeah. that. Well, what about cocaine and the view that to an increasing degree um, among segments of the population, cocaine is what they're consuming rather than alcohol, which might manifest itself differently in public, but obviously is a worrying trend. Personally, we wouldn't see that in any real numbers at all. It's not something that figures on our radar. I, not, really, Ger? Because I've, spo- I've spoken to publicans on this show over the last 18 months, and they have expressed concerns about the cocaine culture. Joe, I'm, I'm not denying it's out there, absolutely. Uh, but at the same time, we would have a very strong policy. If anybody looks like they're intoxicated, and that would include if somebody looks like that they were had, had drugs taken, we would have a very strong um, uh, no certain policy, you know, so... Yeah, and that's fair enough. I can see that from the publican's perspective uh, in, in relation to enforcement on their premises. But the culture, I suppose, oh, sorry, okay. rather yeah. than the consumption of alcohol, I mean, is that a factor? I, I really couldn't give an answer to that question, Joe. I don't have um, an answer to that question. I'm sure, it, I mean, the numbers don't lie with the amount of uh, drugs being, uh, that the guards are, are, are taking and the amount of incidents on, on the street with, 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 that are drug-related or even the amount of, now that they're testing for uh, drug driving and stuff like that, those numbers are going up while the drink driving uh, numbers keep going down. Uh, do you mind if accidents involved in with drug driving is... Mm. is you know, well, um, let's ask Patrick Walsh, psychologist, you know, is the cultural shift actually towards cocaine and away from alcohol? I've no data on that, Joe. Um, so I couldn't comment on it specifically. But we do see in, on this is that there's an attitude shift to away from alcohol, wherever that, that may be. But certainly when you're talking about... Uh, uh, yeah, but I just think it's important we don't operate in a vacuum here because, I mean... You know, listeners will be listening listen to us going, look, do these people have any idea what's going on in the world at all? Mm, mm. And, and, you know, I, I, to be honest, I don't have the data relating to cocaine uh, at all. Um, and, and when you're talking about about that, there seems to be uh, an increase, but that's, that's anecdotally what you're hearing from publicans. Um, I, I, I wouldn't know, uh, Joe, what, what the, the story is with cocaine, particularly in Limerick, um, well, well, do you think I mean, we can make a judgment to some degree from St. Patrick's Day, which is coming up uh, at the end of next week, Patrick, and actually it's a, it's a three-day weekend because it's Friday the 17th and runs across the weekend, and probably the first one where COVID feels like it's behind us, in people's yeah, minds, absolutely. certainly. Will that indicate to us whether we genuinely are taking a different approach around the country to alcohol or will people just be blathered for the weekend? I think, I think it's an interesting, interesting one to note because St. Patrick's Day does, has traditionally been one of those occasions that is associated with alcohol. And like you rightly say, it has been two years since we've had that opportunity. So what the data is trying to, to suggest is that younger people are, are not 
as interested, particularly in binge drinking, in, in that, that idea of, of getting gathered, as you say. Um, but that idea of, a, of an attitude change, which is what this data is looking at, doesn't fully indicate or doesn't suggest behaviour change. We know with, with humans that attitude change is only one thing. We all have very good intentions in our lives, but that doesn't necessarily relate back to full behaviour change. You know, I want to get fit. I want to change my diet. But that doesn't always mm. manifest itself in behaviour well, change. Well, well, let's, well, let's ask Jar. I mean, Jar, you know, you and your colleagues be on the ground that weekend. We have uh, Cheltenham on the Friday, St. Patrick's Day. We have Saturday and Sunday to follow. We have Ireland versus England, possibly in a Grand yes. Slam decider oh, oh, o- yeah. over over that weekend, Jar. So, you know, are we going to see people arm in arm blotto? I, I don't think so. I, I think... Really? Well, sorry, there will be, there'll be plenty of people out socialising, but bear with me. I add socialising, yeah, I, I appreciate think, that. I, I think when you have, especially over a long weekend, that people pace themselves and they go out as, they go out in a more measured way because they kind of go, well, we're not going to have Friday night and burst in the bank here because it doesn't match on. The big match tomorrow. We want yeah, to but also that. it's the first proper St. Patrick's Day in real terms after... Um, oh, I understand that. The pandemic. First, so, I mean, I, I, first, I think it would be fascinating to see well. if this theory <laughs> that people have holds water over that weekend. Uh, listen, I think when it comes down to it, I, I think young people have, have, have really enjoyed post-COVID. They're really enjoying the socialising of it. They really are. Mm. Genuinely, uh, that's the, what I'm getting, the feedback that I'm getting from right. young people. Because uh, I just and remember how, how insulted we all were by the famous Simpsons episode. Um, of, of How many Patrick. years ago is that? How many years ago? Oh, is that? Well, that it's, quite, is, it's quite a few years ago. Yeah, I wouldn't argue with that. 20, I said it's twenty years ago. So now. you think you think it's it's radically different now, twenty years later in Ireland? I wouldn't say it's radically different, but it has definitely been a change. There is no question. There has been a change in attitude. Softly, softly, moving on gently. We still like alcohol. We still go out there. And we still uh, uh, enjoy having a pint or a glass of wine, or and whether that's a home or a restaurant or a bar. Now we do do it differently than we used to as well. Okay. Absolutely. Well, I certainly but, hope that on the Monday after the St Patrick's weekend, I'm on the air here saying, you know, what Jared Cantlin said was spot on. <laughs> behaviour was just immaculate <laughs> over oh the God. bank holiday we, I, weekend well done sure you were right and I was certainly I wrong to back to this I, 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 I hope I sincerely hope that's what I'm saying alright listen great to chat to the two of you thank you so much for your perspectives on that Jerk Callanan from the Vintners in Limerick and Padraig Walsh psychologist from changeable.ie your views your news your Limerick today with Joe Nash on Live 95